1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 4 through verse number 7 here in just a minute. But I want to, just by way of introduction, remind you that God has entrusted the church with the Great Commission. He's entrusted us with the gospel and the responsibility to get the gospel to the world. We are responsible, not just me as the pastor, not just our church collectively, but us as individuals, we are to get the gospel to the world. And then we're responsible to encourage and serve one another. We're going to talk about that more tonight. We're to serve one another, encourage one another, bring others along in spiritual growth and maturity. And so they are for the entire church, these, these responsibilities. Not just again for the leadership, though the leadership, we talked about that a little bit last week, is to equip the saint of God. We, we are to make sure you have the tools necessary to do the work of God. Make sure you have room to be able to let your gifts and callings be used and, and uh, be able to, uh, uh, to, to do the work God's called you. But then, but, but what I want you to understand is you personally are responsible to take part in the work of the ministry. And you are to be taking part in edifying the body of Christ. And so we're looking at how do we do that? Well, we're going to do that by using the spiritual gifts God has given us. And I told you this last week, but I want to say it again. The Holy Spirit provides every child of God with one or more spiritual gifts, and they are to be used in the edification of the body of Christ. They are to be used uh, uh, for serving God through the local church. That's what God gives these spiritual gifts for. And so we are going to deal in that a little bit more tonight. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm, I'm going to read verse 4 through 7 in just a minute, but look at verse 1. It says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And so Paul says this by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, I don't want you to be unlearned about this matter of spiritual gifts. Paul didn't want the church at Corinth to be ignorant concerning what God has gifted them with the gifts God's gifted them. He desired to have them know, understand what their gifts were and what they were to be used for. May I say this, as Paul desired for the church at Corinth, so I desire that for the church at White Craze Baptist Church. And I want us to see as we look through this series, however long we're in this, is look at what is my, at the end of this thing, the goal is what is my spiritual gear, how can I use it for the glory of God? That's the goal of this series by the end of it. And so I want to make sure that we have a complete clear understanding of what spiritual gifts are and how we can use that equipment in the ministry. Listen, the church cannot function and it will not mature without properly, faithfully using the gifts God has given us for the ministry. And if we are going to continue to grow, and if we're going to continue to mature, we have got to know what our ministry is, what our gifts are, and how we can use it in ministry. So I want to look tonight at verse number 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 4 says this. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all, 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And tonight, God being my helper, I want to preach on, I want to, I want to preach on the spiritual gift, on the differences of the spiritual gifts. The differences of the spiritual gifts. Now, this is still maybe basic, basic introduction, I guess you'd say, before we get to blisting out the, the list and breaking all of those down. But we've got to understand that all gifts are given to the church to build up God's people. Uh, and what, what are we building up to? We saw this in Ephesians 4. We're building up to the image of Christ. We are building our, we are, we are supposed to be seeing our church built up to the image of the Lord. And so before we break down what each gift is and how can those gifts be used, I believe it is wise for us to understand tonight that, that, that just as God has created us differently, thank God for that, aren't you glad we're not a bunch of robots walking around? Amen. Just like God's created us differently, our gifts and their uses are different as well. Now, before we get into uh, that and, and make my point, I want to answer the question, why should they be different? Why is there a need for different gifts and different administrations and different operations? And you'll find that in 1 Corinthians number 12. And I said a little bit about this last time, but I want to make mention of it again. Verse number uh, 14. You're in 1 Corinthians 12. Look at verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Aren't you glad your body is not a bunch of hands? I'm glad I got hands, but I'm glad my body is not a bunch of hands. Can you imagine seeing somebody walk around with hands as eyes, hands as a nose, and hands in a mouth, hands as ears, hands as every part of their body being hands. He said the body is not one member. And may I say the church cannot be one member. And he says this, if the foot, verse 15, shall say, because I am the, not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the foot, here we're in identity crisis in 2024. Everybody wants to identify as whatever they want to identify as. If the foot says, I'm not the hand, and says, well, since I can't identify as the hand, I'm just not going to identify as part of the body. The question is, does that make a difference? The question is, is it therefore not of the body? No, just because the foot decides to say, and I don't know how the foot would say it anyway because it ain't got a mouth, but if the foot decides I'm not going to be a foot today because I'm not the hand, because there ain't no such thing as a pretty foot. Girls, go ahead and put your little anklet on, paint your little toenails. Feet are nasty. Nasty. Feet are nasty. Nasty, 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 nasty. Feet are nasty. And that, they're just nasty. Wear your little open-toed shoes, do all that kind of stuff, but they're nasty. And hands can be too, but, but hands, hands, you might have nice hands. And I'll shake your hand, but I ain't shaking your foot. Amen. My wife, I'll hold her hand, but I ain't holding her foot. Amen. Listen, the foot says, well, I'm not a, I'm not a hand. And nobody's paying a bunch of money for foot models, I don't guess. I don't know. They might be. We're in a weird world today. You might find somebody get a lot of money for nice little hands for a hand model. Model off some jewelry or model off whatever. And I'm fine with y'all seeing my hands, but I don't want none of y'all seeing my feet. Amen. I just don't, I mean, I, and so, so what about this? Then it says this. Verse number 16, if the ear 
shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not the body. It is, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, were where were the hair? Hear it. And so again, here we are again, and I've said this already before, but I'm just trying to build up where we're at tonight, is, is if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I don't want to be a part of this body. Nobody compliments ears unless they're really big. You know? Somebody might say, oh, you got pretty blue eyes. Your shirt brings out your eyes. But if somebody says your hair brings out your ears, that's not a compliment, is it? <laughs> if somebody says that hat brings out your ears, what they are saying is you got big ears, don't wear that hat no more, <laughs> right? But if they say the same sign of line of thought is that shirt brings out your eyes, they're saying, oh, that's pretty. Wear that shirt again, right? So, no, but, but watch this. The question is, though, and it goes for the foot as well, is there not a need for the foot? How much y'all? But I need my foot. A lot of times I need it to get out of my mouth, but I need my foot, right? I need my feet to walk on because could I walk on? I cannot personally, but there's people that can walk on their hands, but not like they can their feet, right? And uh, my ears, I need them. I need them to listen with. And my eyes, as far as I know, I haven't done all kinds of scientific research on this, but I don't guess your eyes have any way of hearing. Eyes can see and the ears can hear, but not vice versa. So is there a need for the ear? Yes. And he says this, if the whole body was a bunch of eyes, you might see everything and everybody, but you ain't hearing nothing. If the whole body was a hand, you might feel some things and handle some things, but you ain't walking nowhere. And so there's a need for the foot, there's just like there's a need for the hand. And there's a need for the ear, just like there's a need for the eyes. And we need every part of the body to make a full, complete, mature body. Can you get along without part of your body? Sure. But you won't be the same. You won't be complete. Somebody said, well, I have my gallbladder took out. Because, you know, you don't really need your gallbladder. I said, really? You don't need your gallbladder. Well, God put it in there for a reason. I'm not saying you can't live without it, but uh, God put it in there, so there must have been a need for it. Somebody said, well, I got my, got my liver took out, because, you know, you don't need but one of them. Or two, I don't know how many livers there are. I don't know, but people get stuff took out all the time. And they're like, well, you know, you can live without one of them. I'm like, well, God put multiple in there for a reason, right? I don't know if they're just one liver. Okay, I'm not a biology person. I'm a math teacher. On purpose, go to school, kids, learn. <laughs> okay. Kidneys, they take the kidney. That's what I'm talking about. Them other things in there. Them comely parts. Remember? Talks about some of them comely parts. Nobody's saying, look at them kidneys. Look how pretty them kidneys are. If they see in your kidney, something's wrong. Right? Look how pretty them lungs are. Them comely parts. But they're needed, aren't they? So, so the question I'm asking by way of introduction is, why do we need different gifts and different administrations and different operations? Is because all of those parts come together to make a complete, mature body. All right? And so, I remember this. I remember when I had my accident. Some of you heard, but I had a very bad accident when I was a senior in high school. And I, I literally ripped this right thumb off, and it's my right hand. And I had to put it all back together. And uh, I remember when I started going through physical therapy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, months down the road and my doctor came in to me one day and he said alright here's your options you can live with what's going on now probably when you get old you're going to have to have another surgery on it he said, or we could go in there and we confuse all your stuff and, and we can put your fake joint in there and he just gave me all these options he said but I'll tell you what I'll do he said I'll just wait it out he said because 
He said, well, if you could lose a joint in your hand, the one you lost was the best one. And I said, Doc, I'm not smart. I was 16, 17 years old. I said, I'm not super smart. I said, well, that, don't, that sounds dumb. I said, if you could lose a joint, I would like to keep all of them. Right? God gave me all of them. But I understood what he's saying was the motion of my thumb was as not as, as restricted because of the joint that I did mess up, even though it will not move. Still to this day, it will not move. That joint doesn't. It doesn't limit as much of my mobility. It still does, but not as much. So watch this. Because I have lost a joint that he says is the best one to lose in your hand, I am not completely like I should be. My hand does not work like it used to, and it does not work like it should work at my stage of life, it should, it should work better than this because I'm missing a joint. Nobody says, man, you got good joints. Man, look how pretty that knuckle is. <laughs> nobody says that. And so if my knuckle says, well, I mean, because nobody talks about me, I'm just going to quit on you. Well, that's great, but I'm not going to be as mature as I need to be. Y'all catching what I'm throwing down. So what I'm saying is, why is there a need for all these differences is to be a complete mature body. So we come back to here in verse number four. It says this, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Here we see that the gifts in verse number four, where the gift is used, verse number five, administrations, we're talking about in a minute, and how the gift is used, operations in verse number six, they are all diverse, but one thing you see at the end of every one of those verses, but the same Spirit, but the same Lord, but the, but is the same God which worketh all in all. So though the gifts, the administrations, the uh, operations are different, God is the same that gives these gifts, okay? Now here's the thing I want to make note again, I said this last time, that it is the Holy Spirit who decides who is given what particular gift. And the Holy Spirit is the one who directs the use of that gift. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the power to operate in the gift. And so this is a spiritual gift. Let me say this. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Now, natural talents, skills, abilities are gifts of God, okay, but you can have natural talent and not be saved. You can have natural skill sets and not be spiritual. Natural talents are granted by God just like every good thing is, every worthwhile thing we have is. But those things are natural abilities shared by believers and unbelievers. We're talking about spiritual gifts. Those are supernatural abilities. What, what do I mean by that? Now, what I mean is, a natural ability is, is something that just comes... Can your spiritual gift tie in with your natural ability? Sure, it could. But a nat, and a natural ability can be used for the glory of God. Someone who can sing well may have a natural ability to sing, but that is not a spiritual gift. When we get to the list later on, there is no gift of singing. Okay? And so that natural ability of singing can be used for the glory of God, but y'all know a lot of people that uses a natural ability to sing not for the glory of God. As a matter of fact, more people use it for themselves than they do for the glory of God, sadly, even in churches. And so a natural ability can be used for the glory of God, but natural abilities happen, they come along even before salvation. 
But spiritual gifts come as a result of salvation and they're supernaturally given by the Holy Spirit. Why? To believe, I mean, to who? To who? To the believers exclusively. Listen, lost people don't have spiritual gifts, though they may have natural talent. They may have a natural skill set. So why? Because spiritual gifts are given to equip us to minister to others. And lost people ain't ministering to nobody. So, we're talking about the differences here. The Spirit of God gives us variety of gifts. Here it was, it says in verse 4, 5, and 6. A variety of gifts to be used in a variety of ways or ministries, and they have variety of effects. We'll look at that in just a minute. But they come from a common source and for a common purpose. I've said this over and over again already tonight. The common purpose is to build up, to edify the church. The common source is God, the Holy Spirit. It says it here, the same Spirit, the same Lord, it is the same God which worketh all in all. So it comes from God. Now, I believe this. Now, I know others that don't. I know others that see this a little differently, and I'm fine with this. I ain't going to argue with them, but I'm preaching tonight. So a believer's gift, I believe, can be overlapping combination of multiple gifts. I have read writers who they believe that you get one gift, and that's it. And I've read writers who say, well... You, you got one gift and that's all you get. Don't pray for nothing else. Don't act for nothing else. You just, you take what God gave you. I just don't see a scriptural basis for that. It seems to me that in the scripture we can see people using multiple gifts. And I say there are some gifts that I believe that all believers have. Like, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but like the gift of mercy. Some people are gifted with mercy and they show a lot more mercy and merciful, but shouldn't all Christians have some mercy? All Christians should be somewhat merciful. Some are better than others at it because they've got the spiritual gift, but we all should be merciful. Like spiritual gift of giving. All should be giving to the work of God, but some have a spiritual gift to give. And so what I'm saying is that I believe this, that gifts can overlap in combination and they can be taken in different proportions from those categories of gifts. But... You could be, and most of the time, this is what we see a lot of times, a person may be strong in one single gift. Like, for instance, you may be strong in teaching, strong in teaching, that be your spiritual gift, the major, the, if you were looking at one strong gift that you have, it's teaching, but if you are actually going to teach somebody the Bible, teaching, you're going to have to have some mercy about you, because Teaching means somebody else is learning, and you've got to have some mercy, some compassion to help them along in their learning, right? And so, so, so I don't get off in a bunch of examples yet. We're going to get there later on in messages to come. So, so spiritual, spiritual gifts can overlap. And so, but here's the thing. Your gifts are unique to you, and they are vital to you serving God in the growth and maturity of the local body. And if you're not giving your, if you're not using your spiritual gift to give to the work of the local body, the body is, can I say it like this, deformed. It's not working to its fullest ability because there's a foot not walking right. Or there's an ear not listening right. We are fitly, we talked about it on last time in Ephesians 4, we're fitly framed together, we're fitly jointed together, and every joint supplying something. We're not all supplying the same thing, but we're all supplying to the body. Thank God my eyes are supplying my sight, but my ears are supplying my hearing. Thank God my mouth is supplying my, my breathing. 
And so we can talk about, so, so anyway, here's what you got to understand. Spiritual gifts are not for self-edification. And they are not for self-service. They are for serving others. I wrote this down. I wrote, read this somewhere. It says, God gives his gifts to us, but for others. God, give the, God gives these gifts to us, but for others. Would you take your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4 real quickly tonight? 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10. It says this. In verse number 10. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10. Verse number 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11 says this, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So here, Peter says this, we are stewards of the gift. Meaning this, that we didn't create this gift in ourselves, and we are not even the owners of this gift. God's given us this gift to steward. And what a steward does is they manage something that has been given to them for their responsibility. A steward is not an owner. He can't just do what he wants to. He must, do, he, must, he must fulfill the owner's wishes on the owner's property. So if I'm stewarding this spiritual gift, God has given me this gift, and he is the one who directs me how I'm to use that gift, okay? So we're stewards of the gift. They're loaned to us, but they belong to God. They are for us to use, but by his power, in his service, for his glory. So spiritual gifts are given to us to be used by God or for God in his power, in his service, for his glory. Now, notice in, in verse 10 it says a, there's a singular word, gift. The singular word, gift, for us, I believe emphasizes a twofold thing. Number one, the gift of salvation. Uh, we could say that, but then in, in context of what's going on in chapter 4 here, we see the singular gift here is emphasized that each one of us have a gift. We are uniquely gifted in our service to God. So you've got a gift. I could say without, without hesitation that you at least have one of them. You have one of these gifts. You've got at least a singular gift. And, find, and, then, and then we'll look here in just a minute. And, and, and we get later on in the messages, we'll find the most most familiar text to find the list of separate or uh, the spiritual gifts is found in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, which we've been there a little bit already. And we're going to go back here in just a minute. When we get to those lists later on in the series, we'll get there. But in 1 Peter 4, verse 11, we see a, a very good division of general categories of gifts. I believe there are three categories, but there's two mentioned in 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, verse 11 says, if any man speak. So we'll find when we get to the list in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, there are some speaking gifts. There are speaking gifts. There are some gifts 
that are for speaking. And then he said this, if any man speak, let him speak the oracle of God. If any man minister, and I, t- I titled that, there are some serving gifts. That's what minister means, to serve. And so there are speaking gifts, and when we get to those lists, you'll find there are serving gifts. We'll go back to 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll go back, we're going to go ahead and go back there because we're going to finish there in just a moment. In 1 Corinthians 12, there's a third category given. So in 1 Peter 4, there is the, the speaking gifts and the serving gifts, but in 1 Corinthians 12, there's a third category, which I would call the sign gifts. The sign gifts. And these sign gifts were done away with at the completion of the Scriptures according to 1 Corinthians 13 in verse 8 through 10 and then on. So I want you to look there real quickly with me. Verse chapter 13. I'm slowing down. I'm trying to teach you something here. These sign gifts, they were there for a season. I'm talking about the diversities of gifts. We're talking about the differences in gifts. Serving gifts, speaking gifts, these sign gifts. In chapter 13 tells us, in verse number 8, charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. According to these verses, because we're in context of these gifts, remember, chapter divisions are man-made. Chapter 12 and chapter 13 is still part of the same letter. Chapter 12 talking about these gifts. He goes on to start chapter 13 about charity. That's a love and that love. But he goes on to say, look, there's some sign gifts like prophecy and tongues and that knowledge which we call revelation. Those things are right now okay. Paul says right now they're all right because we know in part. We don't have the full revelation of God's word yet. But that, but verse 10 says, but when that which is perfect shall come, when the completion of the word of God is done. Somebody told me one time, well, that verse 10 talked about Jesus. I said, do you know anything about your Bible? Jesus had already come. By 1 Corinthians, Jesus had already come. He'd already, and now he's got to come again, but he already come the first time. 1 Corinthians uh, is, is written after Jesus has come. It's saying when we get, because right now, Paul is saying right now, church at Corinth, we know in part. But we're, one day, we're going to have the complete revelation of God's will for our life out of God's word. Listen, in 2024, we've got God's perfect word. We need no more revelation. We need no more prophecy than what's given in here. Listen to me. You find somebody having some prophecy conference, and they're telling a bunch of what they think's going to happen, and what they think's going to happen. And if it ain't coming from this book, it ain't right. We don't need no more prophecy. We don't need no more revelation. We don't need no more. Listen, all of that. And tongues, tongues have ceased. No need for it. Those are sign gifts. They're done away with. But these serving gifts and these speaking gifts are not done away with. And so, spiritual gifts, talking about the differences. So, we have the differences of gifts. And again, we're going to break these down later on through the series. So, he says this in verse chapter 12, verse 4. There's a diversity of gifts... Verse 5 says there are differences in administration. Real quickly, I'm almost done. With these unique gifts, there are differences in the area in which they are to be used. Administration. See, 
Christians with the same basic gift may be led to use that gift in many different ways. See, the word for administration right here is also used throughout our New Testament for the words like serving, ministry, and even the word relief is found in our New Testament. We look at how the, the word was used throughout our New Testament. The idea is this. The specific gift or gifts you are given may be used in many different ministries to serve the body of Christ. I wrote down a few examples. I know there are a whole lot more, but I thought about this. Like, for, for instance, teaching. Teaching is one of the gifts we'll talk about. You may have the gift of teaching. I believe that is one of my gifts. But you may have the gift of teaching young kids. While somebody else has the gift of teaching older kids. While somebody else says, I have the gift of teaching, but it's more geared towards the adults. And so I find myself with my, my I, I, I'll do whatever I need to do, wherever I need to serve at, but I don't think I have a gift to teach little kids. I'll try my best, but I just don't know. And so, so some people would. So it's still teaching, isn't it? Watch this, the gift of evangelism. The gift of evangelism. There are some that have the gift of evangelism that would they could manifest that gift in large crowds. Maybe large mass meetings and large crowds like that. And there's some that have the gift of evangelism. Boy, they would they, they'd be hard for them to get in a bunch a large crowd. But one-on-one, man, they ain't no better. I know many people that one-on-one -on -one evangelism, it's their gift. I mean, they could talk any to anybody at any time about the gospel. But you get them in front of a crowd, and boy, they don't know what to do. It's still the gift of evangelism. Thought about this, the gift of mercy. There's some who have the gift of mercy that can care for the nursery. They can handle them little babies. That's the gift of mercy. And there's some who have gift of mercy that maybe they would care for the sick better. Still the gift of mercy. Now again, those are very, uh, that, that's the small uh, a sample size of differences. We'll get to all that later on. What I'm just saying is that we're seeing the same gift used in different areas. See, all these gifts are for service, but the types of service are immeasurable. Listen, the gift of teaching, we cannot all be the pastor, okay? And a pastor that's apt to teach. That means a pastor ought to have the gift of teaching, but, but everybody can't be the pastor, so there's got to be gifts of teaching throughout the Bible classes and the Sunday school and other areas as well. Everybody's got to use their gift to where God tells them to use that gift. And so, administrations. And then lastly, there's difference in operation. That's what verse 6 says. There are diversities of operations. So even the same person exercising the same gift will not always see the same kind or extent of results. Listen, we, we should not accept, uh, expect the same gifts, nor should we expect that, uh, them to operate the same way or produce the same quantity of fruit. Would you take your Bibles real quickly, Mark 4, we'll end there. Mark 4. Mark 4 is the parable of the sower of the seed. Mark 4 is one of my favorite parables. The sower of the seed. Mark chapter 4, Jesus begins talking about this man who goes forth to sow seed. In verse number 3, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. It came to pass as he sowed, some 
fell by the wayside. The fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, choked it, and yet yielded fruit. it yielded no fruit. Other fell on good ground, did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some 100. Now, I'm reading this parable. Some of you have read this over and over in your life. You've heard preaching, teaching on it a lot. There's nothing wrong with the seed at all. Matter of fact, in uh, verse 14, we find out what the seed is. The sower soweth the word. Ain't nothing wrong with the seed. You read this verse, you're going to find nothing wrong with the sower. You're not going to find anything all throughout this chapter that Jesus says is wrong with the sower. The person sowing the seed, it ain't got nothing to do with the one sowing it, and it doesn't have anything to do with the one who, or what he is sowing. The difference in this parable is where it's being sown. And watch this, the sower's doing what he's supposed to do. He's just sowing as he's going. Everywhere. And watch this, he's not testing the ground. He's just sowing. He, 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 watch it, he ain't even praying about it. He's just sowing. He ain't just waiting for this overwhelming feeling to go sow. He's just sowing. He's not, he's not, he's not, I don't find where he woke up in a good mood, so he went sowing. He just sowed. He's just sowing. And as he sows, the difference is the ground that it falls on. And as it so and it falls on the wayside, there's some files that come along. You know what? That's preaching the word. You know what? There's some, you preach that word, and it falls in that crowd, and some of them, it won't be long if service is even over. Some are on their phones now, and they just let that, them files come along, sweep it off. They don't have a clue what's going on. They got their minds so the birds are, whoo, gone. Then there's others, they've got, they've got, those others got stony ground, and they got a little bit of spark. Every now and then, it looks a little bit spiritual. But it won't be long the sun's going to shine again and really reveal what they are. It, it won't be long and they'll get up. Now watch this. The sower was the same sower. The seed was the same seed. Then there's going to be some that's even going to look better. It's going to fall upon the thorns. And, and it's not that the sunshine, watch that sunshine. That sunshine comes in there and it, everything's going good. So who needs God and his word and the church and all that stuff? So we'll just do our own thing. But then there's that other crowd gets on that thorny ground and it ain't the good stuff that draws them away, it's the bad stuff that draws them away. They start getting choked out by the world. Look, the sower's still the same, the seed's still the same. Then finally, we find the good ground. Now watch this, as he sows that seed, watch this, if he stopped at the wayside, he'd feel like a failure. If he stopped at the stony ground, he'd have a little bit of hope, but then man, Nobody's sticking. Then, he, if he stopped at the thorny ground, he'd say, my goodness, maybe they just catch a break. But he gets over there to the good ground. Finally, there's some fruit. But watch this. It still ain't over yet. He's got good soil. I mean, the, uh, good soil. The, the ground is good. And watch this. Even in the good ground, the fruit ain't the same. Some like, patch over here is bringing up 30-fold. But then there's a patch over here, man, it's growing up 60-fold. My goodness, there's a patch over here growing 100-fold. 
And you go all the way from birds still in the seed to a hundredfold of fruit coming out of that same seed from the same sower. And here's the point. Here's the point I'm making with our, with our message tonight. That man is using his gift. And he's using his gift where God told him to use his gift. And there's different operations. Here's what I mean. As he operates in his gift everywhere he goes, and as far as we know, he's doing it the same way. I just imagine he's just throwing it out the same way. Watch this. He doesn't change his method. And I could go on and on and on, but we're closing up tonight. He doesn't change his method, but he changes the, and he doesn't change the, the message. He's just sowing as he's going. He's just sowing. He's just operating in his gift. And watch this. It doesn't produce the same quantity of food, fruit. It doesn't have the same kind or extent of result. Here's the, the same Lord that gives that spiritual gift. He's also the same Lord that provides the energy and the power and the faith to operate in that gift. Watch it and to make it effective. If he's sowing the word, we know he's sowing something that's perfect. It's God's word. As long as he's sowing the word, he ain't got to worry about what kind of seed he's sowing. So he's just sowing that word. And the same God who takes that word over here in a hundredfold, the same God took it over there to that, that wayside, but them, them fowls came and picked it up. That's what I'm saying. No, and here's the thing, Christian. You need to understand this. We get later on to this thing, you figure out what your gift is. Some of you already know what your, some of your gifts are. No matter how well trained you are, you ought to have training. I believe a call to the ministry is a call for training and equipping for the ministry. But I don't care how well trained you are. I don't care how experienced you are. It does not matter how unselfishly motivated you are. It's all about somebody else. And you're not worried about glory and all that. You're unselfishly motivated. What wonderful. Watch this. You cannot operate your gift in your own power. Only the giver of spiritual gifts can empower us and empower those gifts and make those gifts effective. Only he can do that. And so tonight, it's a close. The only way to have a healthy church is for Christian people with diverse gifts, serving in variety of ministries, seeing different results. Y'all catch that? Say that one more time. The only way to have a healthy church is for Christian people with diverse gifts, serving in variety of ministries, seeing different results. By the power of God and for the good of the whole body. Well, I have to flip here, but I'm going to read this verse and then I'm going to give an opportunity just to think on these things for a moment. But 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. God has given you spiritual gifts to profit the body of Christ. God has given you a spiritual gift to profit the work of God. If you're saved or not, he's got a gift for you. And some have been operating their gift for a long time. Some of our senior saints have been operating their gift a long time. And some of our young people trying to figure out what in the world is my spiritual gift. And there's some, middle, some folks in the middle, and watch it, there may be some old folks trying to figure out what is my spiritual gift. 
Here's what I want to encourage you with. God's give you one. And it might be different than what he's gave somebody else. So don't look at somebody and say, well, I can't do it like they do it. I was talking to somebody Monday night. I was counseling with somebody Monday night. And I, and I, I used you as an example, Brother Irwin. We was talking about these differences in administration and operations. I said, I'm called to preach as much as Brother Earwood's called to preach. I said, but y'all, and I told the man, I said, but you saw him Sunday morning, Sunday night, and he, he did what I'm doing right now. That's the whole time he preaches, ain't it? Wide open, just room, 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 right, right here, right here, right here. And he's, and, he, and, he, and, he's, and he's down here, and he's a preaching. And watch this, because he's getting, he's getting to preach in, a, in, a, in, a, in the gift of evangelism at that point. He's getting to preach in a different light than me when I'm pastoring. Right? Next week, I'll be preaching at that church, and I'm not the pastor down there. I'm the evangelist down there. It's going to be different for me preaching down there. I've had some, y'all go with me, and say, man, you don't preach like that at our church. Yeah, I'm the pastor here. I'm not the evangelist. Not near as much pressure. <laughs> But the gifts operate different. You watch Brother Earwood preach, you watch me preach, you watch Brother Ware preach, and you're going to see difference. These Sunday school teachers, you watch some of these ladies, you watch them teach, you watch them teach, you watch it, you say, and watch it, and all of a sudden you'll say, well, I wish I had that. Wish I could do it like that. No, 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 no. You figure out what God wants you to do. So I said earlier, we need some young people, forget about a career, forget about college, forget about military, and get your eyes on God. What does God want me to do? Because he's got something for me to do. He's got something for me to do. He's got a gift he's given you, maybe more than one. He wants to show it to you. He wants you to use it for his body. And it's going to be different. Different gifts, diversity of gifts. And we need it here in variety of ministries here with different results here to make this body mature. So he says this, it's, it's all by the power of God, but it's for the good of the whole body. Here's what I would, I would encourage you to do is ask the Lord, what is it you want me doing? Wherever you are in your stage of life, what is it you want me doing? What is it you want me to do? And, and how is it that you've gifted me to do it? How is it, Lord? And we're going to get to all that later on. We're going to get to the differences in the gifts as far as the lists and all that. But, but right now, just, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Because I, I hope you have a desire, if you're saved, to... to edify the body of Christ I hope you have a desire to see the local church mature and grow so how can you be a part of it how can you be part of it